0: I'm Pam. I'm
1: Dawn. I'm Deidre. I'm Dina.
0: Welcome, Welcome to Ozark's, Ozarks Paints and, and the Hooch.
1: This ain't no fancy academic check your references kind of deal. This is four girls from the Ozarks sipping and spewing about paints, hooch, and history. everyone. We are so excited that you chose to spend a little bit of your time with us. This is Ozarks Haints and Hooch and I'm Dina. We drop our episodes on the first and the 15th of the month and we were on all the platforms. All of them. So if you like what you hear all of them, yes. (laughs) If you like what you hear today, go to those platforms and give us all the stars, please. Mm -hmm. So We have a little disclaimer that we we give out before each one, and this is it. We are four (laughs) ladies in three different states on four different Wi-Fis, and mine's not great.
0: We have dogs, cats, kids,
1: husbands who like to start the leaf blower right next to the house, (laughs) button, footballers, baseball players, and tap dancers. Ooh. No. oh it's just All my
0: right. house okay <laughs> so, right. I just I just dogs.
1: yeah so sorry sorry we're doing our best is what we're saying here so we have great stories for you today um, our big one is from Dawn Deidre has the little one you? and that brings us to Pam and the hooch so take it away Pam
0: Let's go, Ooh, Pam. Hooch, hooch, hooch. Whee! Okay, tonight's Hooch. Well, let me see. That's a, I could go on and on about this thing. Uh, mm. <laughs> given, given the topic our topic of our big one tonight, uh, Well, the typical uh, path is to get on the Google and p- click in a few keywords and see what kind of groovy cocktail names pop up. And uh, that's sort of a jumping off point for us to find our cocktails. Well, girls uh and and general public and general listeners i went to (laughs) as many sources as many word variations as many places as i could think of and had no luck not any luck that i was happy with that i thought we could drink (laughs) (laughs) or purchase five thousand, or purchase and depending on the size town you live in that's right that's right yeah so I resorted to my Mr. Boston's deluxe bartender guide that I got <laughs> back in the 90s at some point and started kind of digging through there and seeing what, uh, what kind of uh, titles and names that, that would uh, click into our uh, major story tonight. So I came up with the English Highball. And uh, English is going to be prominent in the story, or a variation of English, right, Dawn? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the English yeah. eyeball is a, uh, what we all dis- uh, agreed is a, uh, a, a an old cocktail. This feels like a cocktail you might have gotten in the 40s uh, at, uh, you know, I don't know, some fancy place down in Florida or something. I I don't know. Anyway, um, it calls for three-quarter ounce of gin, three-quarter ounce of rum, those two together uh, for one thing, and then three-quarter ounce of sweet vermouth, which kind of gave me pause because of many things, but I thought, okay, well... That'll be fine, and then you um, uh, you mix that, put that over in a highball glass, and uh, you can add a twist of lime, and you top it with a bit of ginger ale or soda water, carbonated water.
1: Hey, wait a minute! I, I thought it was brandy. I yeah. thought it was brandy. And it was lemon. brandy, not rum.
0: What did? Oh, I said rum. Oh, it's <laughs>
1: like wait a minute.
0: Screw, Maybe yeah. it the rum really tastes so bad. <laughs> Yeah. okay let me let me go back then <laughs> oh that's right you are so i nice. think you should keep it just the way it is <laughs> just put
1: whatever you want in there and call it, a, call it an english
0: highball and call it an english highball no no it should be gin and brandy and sweet vermouth which uh for a, a gin purist sort of for me that is just all kinds of wrong but you know i'm game to try new things we're all game to try new things right girls yeah <laughs> not in this case Same. no yeah, yeah so, i would not
1: pay money for this this I is not one of my favorites i i made it
0: i think our general consensus is we don't like this one so much girls go ahead and comment again yeah
1: <laughs> i so it's kind yeah. of growing on me it's kind of growing yeah. on me. I, because I'm sure. you're drunk. Is it really.
2: You're, drunk? you're, you're drinking gin and it. rum and brandy all together. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't use the rum, but... Uh,
1: oh, okay.
0: All
2: right. But not the brandy.
1: Uh-huh. I used cognac. I was fancier because that's all I had. So.
0: Oh, okay. All yeah. right. All right. Well, so that is your English highball. And uh, it is supportive of our... <laughs> a variation thereof (laughs) a variation of yes 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 so um uh, i'm gonna throw it back to our hostess dina all right we're gonna go straight to dawn and get into her
1: big one tonight so go for it dawn okay well i'm the one that sort of threw a wrench in the whatever fire a wrench in the what
2: no those are two different cliches anyway work
1: (laughs) yeah and especially after what i'm talking about tonight um that makes it even funnier so uh okay so i have a little uh introduction and um it might get a little academic but that's okay because that's what i do for a living so um i am the voice and diction teacher at my university and when you teach that for a long time and you really start looking at the sounds that letters make, and you know you're trying to help students either get rid of their accent or or adopt a new accent, but be really aware of how they sound. Um, I find it really fascinating why we sound the way we do, and if you study it a little bit, um, you can actually trace migratory patterns of why we sound the way we do and why our words, why we choose the words we do. And at my university, I have a friend who is from Virginia and he will often post Appalachian English. And then in the comment, I'll go, yeah, okay. It's kind of the same, but this is how we say it in the Ozarks. So I, I am gonna do uh, Ozark English. And I think, <laughs> See I'm, that connects to the English highball, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Via the word. Okay. <laughs> um, I think for Deidre and Dina and I, anyway, we're we grew up in Branson, which has always sort of banked on that Ozark English dialect, um, and it's all around us, and and especially I guess for me because I'm the older one, and I've you know, there were older people that, that talked more hillbilly than I think they do now. Um, But Branson is a place where everybody, I mean, that's what the entertainment was based on. And then um, we have a grandpa that was the king of Ozark dialect. I mean, as I was researching this story, all of his, I just used to love to hear him talk. It all just came back. So... I'm hoping as I go through this, that you guys out there in listener land, maybe, you know, an Ozark person that uses some of the things that I'm going to talk about. All right, but let me define it for you. Um, Ozark English um, is a dialect that is a close relative of the Scotch-Irish dialect spoken in the Appalachian Mountains. As many settlers migrated from Appalachia to the Ozarks beginning in the late 1830s. There's been some scholarship done that posits that the geographic location and subsequent isolation of the Ozark Mountains allowed for the preservation of select archaic properties of the dialect spoken by Appalachian settlers. I'll I'll, I'll put that in normal terms here in a minute this isolation fostered an independent development of the dialect that set ozark english apart from what's widely considered standard american english so basically what they're saying is that because the appalachians were isolated and then people came from appalachia to the ozarks and that was really isolated that it preserved the language and kind of specialized it i guess Now, standard American English is what voice and diction teachers teach. It's kind of middle of the country, less dialect as possible. And so these couple of studies I'm gonna talk about really briefly, that's what they're comparing Ozark English with. Um, And then um, unfortunately, like Appalachia, like Appalachian English, Ozark English is commonly linked to stereotypes that depict the culture is backwards and uneducated. Um, which it was, I mean, it was uneducated. I mean, it was isolated and uneducated. So, um, yeah. So, scholars began linking Ozark English to older forms of English as early as the 1890s, noting similarities between Ozark speech and terms found in English literature from the Middle Ages as well as the Elizabethan period. Most recent studies recognize the presence of earlier forms of English in the Ozark speech, but suggests that the parallels between the two were somewhat exaggerated. So, and I'll bring up, when I start talking about words and verbs and those kinds of things, I'll I'll talk about how there are people that link it back to old English. Um, But, but later studies found that, um, that was probably a little romanticized and exaggerated. So um, in the 20th century, there were um, researchers that studied the language, Charles Morrow Wilson, who was a Fayetteville native, Pam. Mm. And then, Mm -hmm. um, and he did some writing. And then Vance Randolph, who we've talked about at length Mm -hmm. here, you know, he's the Ozark Mm -hmm. folklore guy. Yes. Yeah um, scholars studying English during this period. So this period would be the thirties through the late forties. so Wilson spent time with residents of Hemden Holler in Newton County, Arkansas, during the depression. Mm -hmm. And he said, quote, mountain people could swap talk and break bread with farmers of Chaucer's England and suffer few misunderstandings. Okay. (laughs) well that's not exactly true but yeah uh, anyway um i mean there are some words and i'm gonna i'm gonna talk more about those words that that uh, are old old um randolph published several works on the ozark dialect one of which i relied a lot on called down in the holler and it was written in 1953 it's a collaboration with a guy named george wilson and it um it examines ozark english including pronunciation grammar and vocabulary and like i've said before about randolph's works it's like a free-for-all like he like one chapter might be grammar but then he just starts talking i mean like nothing is organized it's just like well they say this and then they say this and then they say this you know i mean so anyway just know that i mean his books are highly entertaining but just know they're sometimes hard to
2: Hard to decipher. Get. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Compartmentalize. Uh, okay. So um, then, so that's the forties and fifties, thirties, forties, fifties. So then, in nineteen eighty-eight. Researchers Donna Christian Walt Wolfram and Nanjo Dube I I really screwed that up, I'm sure, published <laughs> a study of Ozark English as part of a larger project that sought to enhance existing linguistic studies through a comparison of Ozark English and Appalachian English. And I was like, Oh yeah, this is great, you know. So they collected audio recordings um from native speakers from rural crawford franklin johnson madison and newton counties in, in arkansas um, they examined 59 residents from ages 10 to 70 and um what they found was that like uh, a word like done i done told you that, that uh-huh. people like this is 1988 right so that's how many years ago 30 years ago people um people that were older over 50 tended to use that and the younger people didn't same way with i've been a uh, begging a uh, crying uh wanting anytime they put a uh in front of it you know uh-huh. only the older folks tended to use that so i'm like well, wow it's 30 years later and now we have ipads and tv and movies and what so I, I wonder, and I'll defer kind of to Dina, think about this, um, um, because you know, you know, you're, you know, Ozark natives your age, um, and think about how they sound, and is that because they were in Shepherd of the Hills for a million years, or do they really talk like that, you know what I mean? Like, I think younger people are so... Uh, tv and movies and stuff is so accessible to them that they're not isolated anymore so perhaps their dialect is different is what i'm saying
0: yeah i can see that Mm -hmm. i definitely can i can
1: see a difference in my friends that still work at shepherd in the way their children speak compared to the way my children speak because i have not been at shepherd for Um, several years and so my last my two youngest did not grow up there like peyton did right um but there is there is quite a difference um especially in a certain family well (laughs) there's quite a difference yeah yeah which i mean mike senior i'll just go ahead and say mike senior is he his accent is so thick that sometimes you have to wait a second and think about what he said exactly mm-hmm. and then to understand what he was meaning so so then there's another person at Shepherd that I won't say but I think his dialect is affected by wanting to be that character you know what I mean I know so, who you're talking I know now. so it's like people that go to England for a week and they come back and they have a British accent you know it's like you you want it you want to be that and so then your speech is so anyway i don't know just y'all think about this i mean especially Deirdre and dina who are still living there um and pam and i will remember <laughs> but, but um one a couple of the tenants one of the uh, it's interesting i was lecturing in voice and diction on this very thing this week so it's all kind of coming together but One of the the primary tenets of voice and diction is that language is constantly changing. It Mm. never stays the same, Not, not only how it sounds, but the words we choose to use. So I romanticize Ozark English for sure. And I just wonder how much of it is kind of left, honestly left there. Right. So, so these pronunciations um most of them come from randolph's book and people that i knew but i'm not sure they apply but it'll be kind of fun to think about them so i was thinking god you guys know there is nothing worse than a bad southern accent in a movie right (laughs) yeah
0: and i'm sure the
1: brits feel the same way like a bad british accent by some american (laughs) that can't you know so anyway when i when i teach voice and diction i tell them well the vowels are the music of the language and the consonants are the punctuation right and so how you shape a vowel is gonna make you have a dialect right so if you're trying to teach someone to speak in a british accent you're really teaching them to shape their vowels differently well it works the same way for hillbilly talk too and so people will mistakenly think that Ozark English is like a southern drawl, and it is not at all. Not in cadence, nope. not in vowel shape, nothing.
0: Absolutely um, not. I had That's <laughs>
2: why I think I had so much trouble with the Ozarks um, HBO series. Well, it was a yeah. great series. There were some really bad accents that were not Ozarks accents mm-hmm. at all.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But the show was great, so I went with yeah. that.
1: You know, that's why I love Winner's Bone. I know I'm going off on a tangent, but I thought, well, they had real people in there, but I thought their accents were pretty good, actually. Yeah. So, um, Rose O'Neill, who we all, uh, at least the Larson sisters know, but Rose O'Neill, if you don't know who she was, listener people, land. um, She was an artist, poet, writer, bizarre, groovy, oh, we need to do... Um, we need to do an episode on her. She was was really cool. Anyway, she ended up retiring to the Ozarks after living in Paris and whatever. And she said this about Ozarks English. She said, it's a sedative. Quote, our neighbor's speech was like a song, a recurrence of gentle old time refrains. We never tired of it. And Mm. yeah, and I think, I think it is. I mean, I, I really love to hear this dialect and probably because it, I'm homesick most of the time. So <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some, some pronunciation stuff. And just like English, like regular English, which has no standard rules like Spanish or French, um, Ozark English doesn't either. So, for example, the A sound in share or scare will sometimes become an e, so I'm skeert or sheer. but then the a sound in bear, which in English rhymes with scare, ends up being an a, ah, like bar, far, arn. Um, one of the, one of the things that cracked me up that grandpa would say if he got mad if he cussed he spelled it do you guys know that he'd say that yeah. d-a-m thing yeah, yeah. Well, one time i said something that he didn't like and it kind of startled him and he goes well shit far <laughs>
2: <So> <laughs> i heard him say that several times shit Far.
1: Shit far. Uh, which i say all the time too because i guess yeah. um arn and all that kind of stuff so so then the, the, the other sound A makes, like can't, um, becomes an can't. So just because a letter symbolizes different sound, it doesn't mean that it has any sort of standard rules or whatever. <laughs> um, and ain't, sometimes if there are words in Ozark English that um, don't have a consonant at the beginning, they'll put an H on it. Well, he ain't, he ain't, ain't, um, not Yeah. Um. So, um. Quite often, if there is a word that ends in a, like Sarah, Ozark English puts a y on it. Sari, extry, id. I mean, id. I've heard that a lot, or did when I oh, was. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: But then, if the word does have a y sound on the end, <laughs> um, Grandma Jones is who I think of. This, they'll often shift that to an aw ah sound because Grandma Jones used to make macarona. <laughs> you
2: know that? <laughs> you know, no, macaroni. I don't remember that macarona. I don't
1: remember. Macarona. Yes. <laughs> macarona. Yeah. Um. So, like all the all the vowel sounds are like that. Um, the er sound, like perch, becomes pierch. But they can, a, it can also be shortened um, even further. Like "terrible" becomes turrible. Mm-hmm. So the vowels just um, and and this is what it's like reading Vance Randolph's book. He's like, "Well, sometimes they say, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's
0: this and sometimes uh, yeah. it's that." So
1: he was documenting. He just didn't quite know how to how to categorize it. Which maybe there isn't. Maybe there wasn't categories. Um. Uh, A pretty common usage, if a word had an O-W at the end, it would shift to an E-R, like winder, window, winder, and then, you know, holler. I mean,
0: holler, holler,
1: yeah, Yeah. faller. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) If something has a Y at the end and it becomes an adjective, like that flowery dress. I have so much trouble saying that because I want to put a D in it. Flower D.
0: Oh, you're right. Flower D dress. Flower D dress. Yeah.
1: And then my two, don't get mad at me. um, My son, well, my two sort of um, pet peeves are, which our mother, um, actually, I just called her out on this not long ago. And she goes, you say, I say that, but I don't know I'm saying it. Um, wash. I'm going to wash those clothes. Oh, oh I was yeah. just thinking that. She uh, says, does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she also. a speech teacher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was an actor and I know, but, but okay. that. She place,
2: al- She also says Missouri instead yeah, Missouri. of Missouri. And that drives me nuts.
1: <laughs> yeah. And people will say, well, you're not a real Missourian if you don't say Missouri. And I'm like, I've never said Missouri. Shut up. You know? Yeah. Really? So, yeah. yeah. Okay, and here's one of my pet peeves, which both of my sisters say, and my son, um, instead of saying think, they'll say thank. I think so. And so Jacob, when he goes, I think so, I'll go, oh, you think so? So anyway, I mean, yeah. (laughs) Dina <laughs> just said it. Yeah, I probably do. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I won't disagree with that. I probably do do that. Yeah, I do doo-doo. do. Do do. She said do oh. do. Yeah, I did. I did say do do. Um, but you know when you like when I go back home, if I'm home for any length of time, I'm going to revert back to my dialect. I mean, we do that, you know. So um i say well i'm gonna get to that i'm gonna get to this all right so that's that's kind of vowel uh, just a sort of um examples of vowels the old english words that i thought were really interesting of course my favorite word nary is an old english word and airy which is the positive form of that word reckon is an old english word and now i know grandpa said this all the time looky looky here okay
2: that yeah, i remember that totally Yep, yeah.
1: and i do too i mean i say it still that comes from the old english look ye ozarkers will also shorten or contract things like um uh, jeff foxworthy has a whole uh empire built on this but you betcha gee yeah that kind of stuff um, <laughs> yes where you take five words and you make them into one um we i do when i teach voice and diction this is the thing i always give them this example i say i know i do this i do this i drop the g off ing i do Mm -hmm. and that's a real ozark thing to do yeah um Mm -hmm. yeah okay so then we'll just move on to that's some old english and contractions stuff we'll move on to verb sentences okay so man i don't understand ozark people and the verb to do i done it i had did that yesterday
0: I don't, who taught, who was their school teacher?
1: I don't know, because that is just, and that's kind of Southern. I mean, I've heard that in Tennessee as well. And,
0: and I mean, no, no, that, that this is in Madison County. Some of my relatives up there went to a one-room schoolhouse, and some of them had chose to use good English, and some of them did that very thing you're talking about, yeah. with the dids and the do's. i done the that
1: yesterday
0: yeah you know, seen. I've seen that Oh, and
1: to I see, see that? yeah I've seen that oh god oh yes so that <laughs> happens <laughs> tenses um sometimes they will for a past tense they'll take a regular word and create a new word so I the word the word took rather than saying I took it I have heard I tuck it tuck t-u-c-k
0: tuck no, it that one's no I don't I haven't noticed oh, it that might be older
1: um they'll put an ed on anything so instead of i threw it i throwed it which (laughs) makes you think
0: once again who's their school teacher (laughs) yeah
1: and so lamberts and thrown rolls i mean that's they you know that's that's what they make lamberts is a um restaurant up our way that actually throws rolls at you oh uh um I do this, I realized, um, instead of saying, I might do that, they will add the word could. I might could do that.
0: (laughs) I mean, I say that. Mm
1: -hmm. I also say this, and I think I do it to be funny, but it has become habitual now. If you take an adjective, (laughs) you add F-I-E-D, like cityfied. oh yeah
0: that's to be dramatic yeah
1: i don't yeah right but (laughs) i'll I'll often say it without and this is another thing i i feel i do too add est to whatever so dangdest god awfulest
0: yeah and that's in that's in that book dawn that you're talking about that's that's part of ozark english yeah i'll be darn okay I'll be Dern.
1: I'll be Dern. Uh, (laughs) Dern is probably in there somewhere. Um, Now, these were two, I don't know that I've ever heard this. Um, Maybe I have, but I don't know that I've ever heard it outside of children. Instead of saying whatever, they say ever what? Ever who? Never. Never.
0: Never. I've never heard heard that. No, I've I've never
1: never heard that either. I haven't even heard kids say that. And that's what I I do all day long. Let's yeah, watch kids so. <laughs> um all right let's see oh now i've heard this a bunch and i uh,
0: a bunch what is that dawn <laughs> a bunch i've heard that a, bunch.
1: that a bunch i've heard that a bunch so if something ends in a ts that's really hard for anybody to say like just english um getting someone to be able to say asks when it's got three continents in a row, that, that's in their
2: siblings. Oh, yeah, yeah, Siri, yeah. Siri doesn't get those very well either. No.
1: So <laughs> no, but what Ozarks will do, Ozarkers will do is that instead of doing TS, they'll do TES. So I have heard people say breakfasts. Oh yeah. I well, that. I did it. I did it in one of the one of them that we did because you guys made fun
0: of <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs>
1: Okay. But here is the granddaddy of them all, I think. Okay. In the south, in the deep south where I live now, they say y'all. Why apostrophe A-L-L. In the Ozarks, we say one of two things.
2: Either you
1: all, which can be plural or singular, or Scooter Gilman, yuns. Now, Yun's can be plural or singular. <laughs> say it. And if it's possessive, it's Yunz's. And is that Yunz's dog? And I've heard him say that before.
0: So, oh yeah, I've heard that phrase. Oh yeah. Yeah but
2: from our brother
0: in law. That's hilarious. <laughs> you know
1: who that comes from. That comes from Granny and Papa. Because uh, I can remember them saying that and that's oh, yeah. who raised him. Well, yuns, yeah. especially for older people, I mean, of their age and even older, um, that was that was the y'all. And um, I mean, that was how you referred to people. Mm-hmm. And all yuns, it's just like all y'all, but all yuns means... Wednesday everybody.
2: Three.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's everybody. It's all yuns.
1: <laughs> so I'm going to end with a really fun thing, which I, I really hope brings back some... Memories of people you love. But um, Vance Randolph said, I'm quoting him here among the most striking features of the Hillman speech is his habitual use of picturesque comparisons, outlandish metaphors and similes, old sayings and proverbs, cryptic allusions to esoteric mountain lore, and bucolic wisecracks so i collected um a bunch of sayings that i have heard before and a couple that i hadn't and so y'all in listener land uh, before i go into these i really hope that you will comment on our website on our facebook on our instagram if you've got an ozark saying that you love and we haven't um touched on it yeah please please send it because i kind of collect this stuff I'm, i'm i write shows kind of based on the ozarks and i'd really like to have them so anyway okay uh grandpa used to because i'm oldest when i was really little grandpa had a farm (laughs) oh grandpa had a farm (laughs) Uh, and he would often um these two old men from town would go with him and me and count cattle and so those old men, um, I, I mean, I can remember listening to them. So one of them would say this. He'd say, <laughs> quicker than you can skin a miner.
0: Oh, yeah. Skin a miner.
1: Mm-hmm. Skin a Um, Slower than molasses at Christmas.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep.
1: This was a grandpa. He said this all the time. Rough as a cob. That thing yep. Rough as a the cob. Time. Oh, yeah. Which I'm sure comes from using corn cobs as toilet paper, I would assume.
0: <laughs> oh!
1: <laughs> um, ugly as a mud fence. Yep. Now, we've all heard this, but I'm going to give you two of these. The first one, colder than a witch's tip. But Grandpa used to say, than a well digger's ass. Yep. And he wouldn't say the yeah, last I'm word. He'd that. just kind of mouth it. Cause, you well,
0: know. no, my, my family would say, colder than a well digger's digger. Now, I don't know what that means. Is that his shovel? Or is that his... Well, never mind.
1: I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Hot as fire. Hot as fire. Hot as fire.
0: Hot as a pistol. Yeah. Yeah. Hot as a
1: pistol. Yeah. Yeah. This is also another thing that Grandpa said all the time, which would just make me laugh. So, um... (laughs) one time I made some pico de gallo and I put lots of lime juice in it and he took a bite of it on a chip and he goes, whoo, that's loud (laughs) (laughs) and so loud could be a taste it
2: could be just anything (laughs) Um,
1: he referred to people as loud not meaning that they talk loud but just they were overwhelming or whatever mad as a wet hen yeah.
0: mad as a wet hen yeah, Yeah, grandpa said that all the time
1: all the time drunkard and cooter brown
0: cooter brown who was cooter brown
1: i i have no idea but he was drunk evidently
0: (laughs) i guess he was
1: full as a tick
0: yep yeah or tight as a tick tight as a tick we used to i've heard that too Oh no Uh -uh. tight as a tick
1: okay um i this one was an old man um one of grandpa's friends said they they was thicker than fiddlers in the hill. <laughs> I love that. I don't think Grandpa ever said ever. Um, I uh, older folks would say if you asked them if they would help you with something, instead of saying "of course" or whatever, they would sometimes say, "I don't care to do that," meaning "sure," even though we take it as "no." Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, that's weird. I've never heard that. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, I have. I've heard that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sure as I'm standing here.
0: Okay. Uh, yes. I've heard that.
1: Oh, this is a great one. Now, I don't know that I've heard anybody say this, but I, I liked it. If somebody looked really rough, <laughs> <laughs> um, looks like the dogs had him under the house. Oh,
0: Listen, you look, no. You oh, look no. rough. Looks like something the cat dragged in, I've oh, heard. that, Yeah, yep. Yeah.
1: Um for a gossip, her tongue was a wagon like the south end of a goose. <laughs> <laughs> Here's three that we've all heard. Meaner than a snake.
0: Uh-huh. Yep.
1: Clean as a whistle. Yep. yep. Naked as a jaybird.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Okay. Lit up like a church house or mouse. I've heard it both ways means drunk. Yeah. Oh,
0: lit up like a church house. Church, I've heard house
1: church. I've, I've heard, heard mouse too. Mouse. Um, this was a uh, I this was an old man saying there's two of them that I just love. They were gossiping about somebody and, and Alec Haldeman, for any people from Taney County that are listening said, he's so contrary that if you threw him in the river, he'd float upstream.
2: i may have read that somewhere but i don't think i ever heard anybody say that (laughs)
0: Um,
1: i've never heard anybody say this but i love it and it's true um the roads was so crooked that you can't tell if you're going somewhere or coming back home (laughs) oh this is great um if somebody's trying to look younger than they are you say well she lost her measuring stick (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm, i might have to use
1: that oh lord pam Pam, that comes awfully close to you and me doesn't it we lost our measuring stick a long time ago
0: Ooh, girl that dress is wearing her that's a, but that's it's not a southern no, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 um
1: to help you do something pour water on your wheel i've heard grandpa say that before you need someone to pour water on your wheel, I'll pour water on your wheel means to help you.
0: Oh, good. That'll fix it.
1: Yep. Katie, bar the door. Yep. i heard that. High as a kite can mean drunk or actually that mule kicked me high as a kite. It can mean actually high. Um, (laughs) Cool as a cucumber. Yep and now i have always heard easy as shooting fish in a barrel but he had written it easy as shooting fish in a rain barrel yeah okay this is mom okay (laughs) shut the door are you raised in a barn sawmill Mm -hmm. hog lot (laughs) for Mm -hmm. us it was barn but it could be any of those things are you raised in a barn raised in a sawmill raised in a hog lot All right, and I'm. Or gonna... shut
2: the door, Richard. Where'd that come from?
1: Oh yeah, yeah I don't know. I shut, the door,
2: shut the door, Richard. Were you raised in a barn? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Oh.
1: So here's my favorite one, and this also came from Alec Alderman. So I got to tell y'all, when we'd be riding around in Grandpa's Volkswagen counting cattle, and I'm doing that with quote fingers, um, of course these old men would bring a flask, and of course they thought I didn't see it. And they were giggling like children and gossiping. <laughs> I mean, they were like women, hens, old hens. Anyway, one time, Al- Alec Haldeman, and you know, as I'm reading through Vance Randolph's book, like all this stuff is coming back, but he was talking about someone, and he said, to listen to him talk, you think he could put out hell with one bucket of water. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So oh, I like it.
1: Those are the those are just some of the the what what do you call them? Cryptic allusions to esoteric mountain lore,
0: <laughs> or <body> sayings. <laughs> yeah, we call them sayings. <laughs> yeah.
1: So again, if you guys, um, like I said, you know, if you guys have a favorite saying that you remember somebody saying, or that you still do, or whatever, please share those with us.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great. It's real yeah. fun
1: there you go you No, know, papa always used to say um scooters papa my hands are always cold and he would always grab my hands and say um cold hands warm heart i wonder mm-hmm. if that's Aww. cold hands
0: ah uh, yeah that's good yeah. well that was good dawn yeah oh i love it
1: yeah <laughs> i do too i love language that's cool anything you guys can
2: remember
0: Oh goodness! No, just the
2: ones I already shared. Yeah.
0: I kept, I kept uh, jumping in when you would say something. Oh yeah, I remember that. Oh yeah, I remember that.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, that's it. There you go.
0: Yay! Oh, Thank I you. Oh, I forgot Dawn. to
1: say. I forgot to say. Uh, I also got some of this off of. There's a website called the Encyclopedia of Arkansas dot net, and there was an entry for Ozark English. So.
0: Um, I'll put all that stuff on the extras. Yay. Okay. Very cool.
1: Well, thank you, Dawn. That was great. And Pam, (laughs) as much as I badmouthed your drink, I drank it all.
0: (laughs) It gets better if you stick with it. (laughs) It kills all your taste buds.
1: Uh, Maybe that's it.
0: Well, I'm at the bottom of mine. So woohoo, let's go.
2: Yeah. All right, Dina you got the little one <laughs> dee da yeah hey da let's uh you sounded like Eva from or eve from uh, wally d da <laughs> Okay, so mine has kind of a weird tie-in. Not really, but kind of. Um, So it was hard to find something for me to to tie into Dawn's story. And um, I came up with a story, a ghost story, from the Blue Ridge Outdoors magazine. It's blueridgeoutdoors.com. And um, it's an Appalachian Trail ghost story. Oh, yay! So I'm reading this. um, Brad... Lane is the gentleman who um, uh, the story comes from and uh, I'm just going to read his it's a little long but I'm going to read what happened to him because it's kind of interesting okay here we go well and also let me just preface this by saying evidently he uh, wrote this around Halloween so just bear with me okay It's that time of year where the night presides earlier and earlier and the bonfires become essential. With everyone crammed close to the burning logs, hot drinks and wide-eyed, it's the time of year for ghost stories. To not have a good ghost story ready at hand in these situations is like forgetting to bring the graham crackers. So take some time, think of your own Appalachian horror story and in the meantime, you can borrow mine. A true account of my encounter with an Appalachian Trail ghost But remember, as you retell it with your own twists, the devil is in the details. There you go, there's another one, devil's in the details. Yeah. Okay. It's taken some time for me to even process the events in my own head, but just as of lately, I've been able to think about this weird thing that happened to me on the trail sometime late August or early September. I had a random week off of work and kept a busy schedule. I felt it was a rarity. I was getting a little restless and knew that I had to blow off some stress for a bit and explore the great outdoors. On the account that I was so ready for a vacation, and no one else's schedule matched up for an adventure week, I decided to go at it a solo and backpack alone for a week. It had been years since I last backpacked by alone, I, he, that's his wording, and for some reason I had convinced myself I once enjoyed it. But when I dropped my car at the trailhead, and started hiking i noticed the different atmosphere backpacking alone provides i couldn't shake how incredibly silent it was i could hear my own breathing and every now and then i would look over my shoulder quickly in response to random noises i was almost anxious uh, to begin with i was almost anxious to begin with but told myself i had to just get used to this new aspect of backpacking that i wasn't accustomed to The first night I managed to set up camp, make dinner and immediately retired to my tent. I was unusually exhausted, which now seems as a surprise for the little of sleep I got that night. I tossed and turned listening to the silent night until late morning when I finally rested my eyes. Well, after daybreak, I got out of my tent and drug my feet to pack my belongings. It was much later than I had aimed for the night before. I made it about five miles during the day, but when it took me the entire afternoon until dark, I was tired and it seemed without having someone to push me along my hike, uh, push me along, my hiking was considerably slower. I pitched my tent that night, filtered water and started setting up my cook gear in the dark. It was getting to feel pretty late and with limited light to cook under, I decided to eat, this is gross. I decided to just eat a pack of ramen, raw ramen noodles in my tent. I, anybody ever done that? Yeah, yeah, your
1: salad, right, that you used to make had crunched up. It had, on yeah, it. but
2: there was something that softened them and to eat oh. them alone. I don't know. Anyway, okay. you're right. That was a good salad I have to make that. Yes. Yeah. I opened my book to read, but only fell asleep immediately into another half sleep, half wrestling match for the night. I remember at one point staring at the top of my darkened tent, not really sure if I was awake, and suddenly hearing the loud crunch of footsteps outside my tent. They were fast going as they came, but with the footsteps came something of a grumble. I couldn't be actually sure, and I couldn't distinguish any actual words, but in my mind's eye, I was sure I heard something grumbling to themselves in a deep and agitated voice. I never even got out of my sleeping bag not inexperienced with some of the sounds of night and their magnification in the silence i tried to convince myself it was my ears playing tricks on me and although i managed to stay in my sleeping bag that night i didn't fall asleep again until early morning the next day i woke up even later and more tired than before i made a groggy attempt at oatmeal and sat with my breakfast unable to talk to anyone i got my pack ready in the afternoon sun and headed out about three and a half miles later i dropped my pack and sat watching the sun begin to disappear I managed to collect a fair amount of firewood and by the time nightfall came, I had a small fire going with a good collection of firewood piled beneath me. Under the reassuring light of the campfire, I started to become more at ease with the deafening silence of nature. I pulled a cigarette from my pocket and enjoyed a casual smoke as I put my feet up. When I tried to ditch the uh, butt in the ashes and the weakening flame, my throw was off and I landed it just outside of the ashes. I got up to fix my mistake And to stoke the fire when I turned around to go back to my seat and I saw him. The light was low with my little fire but I could clearly see a man reaching down with a scorched hand for my firewood. He wore red plaid with large black burns tearing at his trim and a red ashy beard that smoldered at his face. He quickly looked up and his vacant white eyes connected with mine he gritted his teeth and scrunched his nose toward me before quickly leaving the ring of firelight. I was shocked. I have never experienced a fear like it. I fell right into onto my butt next to the flames. I looked out into the forest and saw nothing but dark shadows and unclear objects, a blank wall of nothing, of everything. I didn't know what to do. I didn't even yell with no one to hear me but him. So I did what, I, what every red-blooded American would do, I packed up my things and got the hell out of Dodge. I stumbled across the darkness half the time with my headlamp off, afraid to be seen or even of seeing anything else. I stumbled around for hours, bumping into trees and tripping every which way. I wasn't even sure where my map and compass was. I just kept moving. I could have been hiking in circles for all I know. I was driven by my beating heart. And to this day, I know I have never been so scared in my life. When dawn finally broke, and I could see again, I kept moving. At about 1230, I started to recognize some signs of civilization. I threw my pack down in a big open pasture, but couldn't see any houses or roads. I knew I had to be close to something, but I was by no means sure where I had ended up. I was almost too tired to think about it. Instead, in a fit of not knowing what to do, but knowing I had to do something, I pitched my tent and ate a large chunk of cheese and salami. After the meal, which sounds much better than the raw ramen. After the meal and under the afternoon sun, I almost immediately fell asleep in the grass where I ate my lunch. I awoke two to three hours later, for the sun had dropped down considerably, and a funny smell filled my nostrils. I blinked a few times, and when the funny smell persisted, I shot off my back with my heart beating to the sound of something troubling. What I saw was my tent, or what remained of my tent. For now, the only thing left standing was the tent poles that dripped with oozy leftovers of my tent body. A bubbly layer of melted green plastic lay beneath the poles with a steady gray smoke still rising from the mess. I got up and felt the weight of the sky fall on my head. For a moment, I was sure I had woken up into a horrible nightmare. Without contemplating it much further, I grabbed my water bottle and ran through the empty pasture. By the time I made it to the gravel road I was out of breath and dripping with sweat I hastily chugged from my water bottle and wiped my mouth down the road I could see a vehicle parked in the dust and I staggered forward with my hands on my sides and soon realized it was a sheriff's sedan and for the first time in a long time I couldn't have been happier to see a law enforcement vehicle when I got closer to the vehicle I noticed that it was parked outside of the remains of a charred house nothing left but the mailbox out front on the way into town, I didn't tell the officer about my experience, being afraid that he might think I escaped from some loony men and instead ask him about the burnt down house he had been parked in front of. The sheriff explained to me that four days prior, the same day I started my trip, the house had burnt down. They had no, no known cause, but there was indication of arson. Two daughters, a wife, and her husband were all in the house when the fire started, and none of them made it out. Real tragic stuff, the sheriff said as he retold the story, and I could only shake my head with my bottom jaw hanging low. So yeah. there you go. That is his ghost wow. story about a man with a smoldering beard and white vacant eyes.
1: <laughs> Yee.
0: Yeah. Wow.
2: That's it. That's all I got. What do you think? Think it's real wow wow and this was in the Appalachians you said it, well it's from yes it was on the trail somewhere and the reason that that tied in of course was because where Ozarks English kind of got its start um and it's from com on the go outside link and then oh. it's called Appalachian Trail Ghost Story by Ben or sorry Brad Lane
1: if all he oh. eats is raw ramen, I think he's delirious.
2: That could be
1: it. He might have been hallucinating. <laughs> for I, sure. He walked all day. <laughs> and had to eat uh. Solid. All the
2: salt in that. Drink yeah. some
1: water, buddy. You'll be fine.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Poor Brad, don't you give him that kind of trouble. Uh. <laughs>
1: Sorry, Brad. Sorry, man. Drink some water. <laughs> Okay, well that's all I well, got. Good hey, job, Didi. Good. good,
2: good, a, good. So good I one. also I did want to mention that two of my most favorite people in the world call me a hillbilly. They mean it with love, but not so much. I mean, they oh. mean it with love, but not so much.
1: <laughs> I'm okay I remember with it. my first week at Coddy, um, I can't remember what they kept. They just wanted me to talk, like my my sweet mates. We would sit in that you know, on the big couch in there and talk and they'd all want me to talk. And I'd be like, I don't have an accent, but it came out. <laughs> I don't have an accent because
0: I still did at that point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, ta- speaking of accents. Yes. Um, uh, when I moved to New York City, right after college, um, I was desperate to find a job, so I went to uh, <laughs> a, a bar restaurant called the Lone Star Cafe, which was a big uh, hoo-ha at the time in uh, down in the village, and um, I applied for the job, and sure enough, I got the job as a hostess be greeting people at the door, and I realized that it was because of my accent, because my other two work mates were from texas and virginia oh. <laughs> so they wanted southern accents to welcome those people into the lone star cafe on 14 well, how episodes. clever <laughs> very clever of them how about that
1: well thanks everybody i appreciate you uh listening to us and listen not only our stories but our our comments we sure think we're funny we do <laughs> and remember if you liked it tell all your friends
2: and if you didn't keep your, your big, big mouth, mouth shut, shut.